You now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on thesonicbreakdown.com. Spiders Will Eat Your Face, available on Amazon Prime, Instant Watch, and Amazon.com. Spiders Will Eat Your Face, the documentary about the history of pet tarantulas in America. That is, Spiders Will Eat Your Face, the movie on Amazon. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D-Ray Brinson, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. I want to say thank you to everybody for listening to another podcast, and today's is going to be another special podcast about Jay-Z's latest album, 444. And we have Jason Terrell, who's going to help break this album down again. You've heard him on other podcasts, and hopefully you've checked out uh, some of his reviews on thesonicbreakdown.com. So everybody, welcome in Jason Terrell. So what's going on? Thank you for having me again, man. Uh, no problem. So let's get right into it. First of all, I wasn't—I didn't even know that Jay Z was going to have an album out this year until <laughs> you know maybe what three weeks ago. Were you aware yeah. of the album prior to that? I, mean, I had no idea until <laughs> probably like the day of uh, when people started posting like the four four four, and I was like, you know, I, I had no idea. Let's start. What was your overall impression, and then we'll get more detail about you know the content of the album. Yeah, so not to like dig too deep, but um, I mean, literally like the first listen, I loved it. So my my initial, I guess, like how I first heard of at least like some of the songs was like kind of like the the video he did of with the story of OJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a thirty second, like probably a minute clip, and I literally sent the clip to like to my dad and the, um, you know, everyone in my group text and his friends and my girlfriend, just like sending it to everyone. Like, you got to hear this. I mean, it was just like a snippet. And then I was trying to find it because I, I, you know, I heard that he only released it on title. Yeah, it's on title. I have Apple Music, so yeah, so I had to find it. And I had a homeboy who really good tech, so he ended up giving it to me. But I mean, shoot, like first, first listen, it was amazing. I want to go deeper into it, so I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll, we'll um, get. At least on the initial listen, it was good. My initial listen, the same thing like you, is I, I really enjoyed it. Our first listen, I loved the sonic properties of it. I loved the fact that we were getting more of. Uh, the OJ in sound that I grew to love and 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 like that that more layered sampled production um, that we got on this album is what I grew to love from Jay and the way that he flows over those type of beats. So that's what I gravitated to when I heard initially heard this album. The other things yeah. that I did enjoy again is the content. Again, the, it, he gave us the more introspective Jay, the more you know, learn, learn, teach one type of J. Again, we'll get into more content a, a little bit later, but those are the things that are really, uh, that resonated with me about this album. And yeah. so let's, let's, let's dive right into it. Let's go, uh, because this track is so, um, dense lyrically, as well as that it is, it's only 10 tracks so that I, I feel like we have the opportunity to kind of break it down track by track. Um, we don't have to go into too detail, too much detail about every track, but I think that would be the best way to break this down. Yeah, we could do that. Track number one, Kill Jay Z. So, like, I think for for me that was like to me that that grabbed me the most. I think he has a strong opener, mm-hmm. and normally, like, I listen to a lot of Jay Z's albums, and you know, he normally doesn't disappoint when it comes to like just opening up an album. But so this one, I got like extremely like thought provoking. Like Jay Z, you you mentioned like kind of the introspective introspection, but. And this one is like he's talking to himself, of course, a little bit, like kind of talking to himself or, or you know, of course, referencing himself over and over again. So I got it. He was really going deep. I didn't really know he shot his brother. Hey, I'm sure he mentioned it on, a, on probably a previous song. Yeah, he but does. Um, I kind of researched, you know, I deep dive researched that. So, yeah, man. Like you said, Jay-Z is known for, for giving us very great beginnings. Think of American Gangster, that album. You know, there was a, a wonderful yeah. opening as well. Blueprint one and two, Hard Knock Life Volume One, Volume Two, all have great openers. Um, Reasonable Doubt, um, all have great openers, and he doesn't disappoint with this one. Also with this one, it just the idea of death and 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 people like trying to come at him. You know, what I'm saying that idea of people want to kill Jay Z, people want to take you down. That kind of even though he's at the top and kings want to be, you know, everybody wants to be king, but. Heavy, heavy lays the the head that holds the crown. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that was really, uh, again, important. I think to set the tone for this album. Um, and then as we go further okay. down, it it just it just continues to to snowball, give you that snowball effect of so, the sound. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so what do, you, what do you think about him, you know, calling out, you know, a couple of people he mentioned by name. Well, he mentioned Solange by name and mm-hmm. kind of Eric Benet. And, like, what do you think about even like, the Kanye shot? Um, I definitely think, again, for being an opener, I mean, he mentioned him by name, too. So for being an opener, it was, like, really strong, really, like, aggressive off the gate. So what are your thoughts about, you know, him calling out these people, like, just straight up? The Kanye, the Kanye line and the Eric Benet line, I'll address uh, first. Uh, the the Kanye line, I thought was was important because Jay, as we know, is pretty private outside of his music and his business dealings. We really don't know much about you know w- what he's doing. You know, like 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 we know about Kanye, like we know about um, uh, Kim Kardashian. Uh, other celebrities like you know what i'm saying we know like every move that they make but we don't really know jay we only know when he comes with great business plans you know with the title thing with the sprint thing that's when we hear about him so the fact that kanye made all of this information private when he did that rant uh that that 20 minute rant that he referenced it's just like you put my you put me out in public like that i feel like i have to respond and some can say it was a shot but it's really more to me it's more like it's more like a, a plea to his friend, like a plea to a friend, like, dude, like, I'm really here for you. And you keep on doing shit like this. Like, I, I, I don't know any other way to reach you. So this is this is my this is another attempt at it. Um, yeah. And I hope if, it's received as well. And, and if and if we think about it, really, what did he say that we didn't know? You know what I'm saying? Besides maybe the 20 million. We didn't we didn't know exactly that. But we knew that. Like we we already we already knew that Jay had Kanye's back. You know what I'm saying? We knew that they were friends. We knew that you know what I'm saying that they had some some beef. So there's really nothing that Jay really said. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not really shots because like to me shots is like telling something that we didn't know. Like with the ether beef with uh Jay Z and Nas. You know what I'm saying? There was things in those lines that we, as fans we're learning from. You know about how they felt that was different than what we we didn't know before. Right. And the line of, if everybody's crazy, then who's the one really insane? You know what I'm saying? Like, who who hasn't said something like that about Kanye? So, like, I, that's that's just the way that I took it. But what about you? Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, he didn't, say we, he didn't say anything that we didn't know. I guess for me, my thought is that it does come off as, not necessarily as a diss, um, but definitely as a, as a, like, he's just talking to him, like, yo, this mm-hmm. is what's up. But, I just hope it's received well by Kanye. I don't, I don't know if Kanye responded or anything like that, but I hope it doesn't come into some type of like feud or beef uh, between them two, the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mean, I, mean, I think he, you know, I think he was spot on with what he, what he was saying. You know, that and the Eric Benet quote, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, I know Eric Benet like, responded on Twitter, Twitter, but yeah, you know, that was kind of just a funny jab about you know kind of preparing Gus for the rest of the album and some of the other tracks that we're, we're going to hear. Yeah, that he's yeah, telling you that is going to be personal. To me, they're the most interesting. What? I was just saying that he's just saying basically that get prepared that this album is going to get personal. I am going to touch into to yeah. things that you you want me to touch on that you probably didn't think I would. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just to piggyback off of the the Eric Benet thing, I, I agree with you. I thought that was a funny line. Um, I thought it was very clever. And then Eric Benet's response when I first heard it, and I'm gonna be real. When I heard his response, I was like, Nah, bro, you you did let the baddest one go away. Yeah, your wife is she's she's pretty, bro. She's pretty. I I get it. Yeah, you you and you got to big up your wife. I get it. But no, you lost Holly Berry. So <laughs> you, you just got to eat that yeah. one, cause like you got to you just got to eat that one. <laughs> but so I thought that was funny. Uh, the next track, which has everybody talking, is uh, the story of OJ. Go ahead, man. Tell me, tell me what you uh, your initial uh, thoughts and and just what what you think about this track. Yeah, I mean this is uh, this is my favorite. I feel like. So again, I, when I heard the clip, um, I automatically send it to just a couple of people to get their thoughts on it. I mean, for me, it's, it was very loaded. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, a lot in here. From even from like the beginning, like the Nina Simone, like my skin is black. I wanted to go listen to the song. The song was called Four Women. It's a pretty deep song about again, just you know, really women, you know, in that time period. But like some of the struggles that they go, but the 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 lyrics are really chilling. You know, when you hear it, you know, it, it fits perfectly with it. But, I mean, to me, he touched on so much. I mean, for me, it definitely was touched on kind of house nigga feel nigga mentality. It touched on, you know, especially like calling out OJ. Kind of touched on, for, for me, I guess I would start with the, the best thing it touched on for me was um, around this idea of like 
financial freedom. Yes, and literally, yes. I think he even quoted that. Yes, um, I'm glad you said that. And how, yeah, how it's important for you know for us to invest. How important it is for us to think about you know things that appreciate and value like artwork. You know, instead of things like cars, which depreciate. So, I mean, to me, to have a is, is a really special meaning to me because you know, as a young professional trying to figure out. You know, I'm not 30 yet, like 26, to try to figure out my next moves going forward. I'm trying to put myself in like the best position to be financially free, and so that's these are things that you know I I kind of sit sit with and kind of take as as like as medicine a little bit. Um, but I definitely think he's given like serious game about uh, what, what, some of the ideas of what we should do with our money and our finances. The quote to me that stood out the most was, you know, what kind of got me even excited about listening to the album more was. Um, we called out like Jewish people owning property, how they did it, yeah. um, and how like black people could do it too. Like we can, you know, you could do it too almost. Like it's not hard to do, but it takes discipline and it takes like knowing money. And he kind of just talks about it. And, he, and I definitely thought this was again a, a good opener track because he touched on this even more so in other tracks as well. Mm. Um, but definitely a good opener and teaser track for me about again to some some real game. This particular track is instant motivation uh for me because the same thing like you is i felt like this album came out at the right time i am in the process of trying to create myself and make myself to be able to be financially free creating different business ventures and other opportunities and so like this album kind of spoke to that and kind of gave me that extra push to say yeah man keep doing keep doing that because it's get, you're trying to get to the right path and the thing yeah. that i tweeted when i first heard this album as a whole what I said is, and some people I might take it as a disc, but it's not meant as a disc, is Jay-Z makes me want to write a business plan. Kendrick makes me want to yeah. be a better business, uh, be a better person, be a better man. Like, that's the difference. And I'm not saying one is better than the other or one is worse than the other. They're just different. Mm. And the society that we yeah. live in now, the society of capitalism, you have to be both. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think, again, that they're both needed. and. That is important. Going back to this particular song, uh, some of the things that you that you brought up that I did uh, really enjoy, and then they had a um, a footnote video on title where they had different celebrities and artists talking about the the kind of concept to this uh, album, as well as Jay Z talking about the concept of this album. And I just wanted to get your your ideas on some of the the concept that I that I saw. And one of the things that was brought up was Chris Rock saying people forget that like. Slavery, yeah, it happened not that long ago, but in in some people's eyes, a, a long time ago. But there is residual effects of it. And Chris Rock brought up a, a situation with his mother. And think about it, Chris Rock's—he's older than than me and you, but he's not—you know—he's not like a hundred. You know what I'm saying? He's not crazy old, yeah. and his mother isn't that that old either. So this kind of gives you an idea of how things still are to a certain extent. His mother in South Carolina at the time that when they lived there, black people couldn't see dentists. So you the only way that you can get your teeth pulled, any dental work, black people had to go to a veterinarian. And they couldn't just go like walk mm-hmm. in the door of the veterinarian. They had to go through the back door. And this mm-hmm. this is a story that Chris Rock is saying. And he's saying, so that just kind of tells you the mentality of the people. Because if if you're saying that we're not even good enough to go to a dentist to get our teeth taken care of, and that we have to go to a vet, and add that on the fact that we have to go through the back door, that means that we're less than human. We're less than the your dog and your a white person's dog and white person's cat is more valuable, more important than us. Because the reason why they have to go through the back is because if white people see black people going in there to get their teeth clean and they're using their tools that they use on their dog on black people's teeth, they're not going to want to go there anymore. Mm. So therefore, we're valued or worse, we have to be less than their dogs. If that's what if that's the approach you're gonna take because a black person uses their tool, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, just that idea of that's how it is, and then tie that into the song about uh, financial freedom and success and and the those he's saying he also states in there that you know success is great. It's the key. It's the key into the white world, and tr- that's uh, the a phrase that Trevor Noah uses. The key that gets you into the white world. And he says it's a tool that can be taken away, as we've seen with Bill Cosby, Tiger Woods, and others. But once you have it, it does allow opportunities for you. So that's what, in our eyes, that's what everybody's trying to achieve is that that success because that's that your key in there. Because as black people, without that key, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Again, going back to that 
film, Marshan Ali, uh, the actor from Moonlight, stated that as a black, the difference between a black man and a white man is a black man walks through the world waiting and anticipating disruption, anticipating something's going to disrupt their world. So we're always on defense. And when you live a life on defense, you have no time for offense. And so therefore you can't grow. Where the white man yeah, is always on. Yeah, exactly. The white man is always on offense. So he's always looking for opportunities to grow, get better, and and ways to uh to to change because he's not waiting for that disruption. So that kind of philosophy is how we have to navigate through life and that and that makes things difficult. So I just appreciate and to me, all those things are captured in the song. So it to me is a real piece of art that he he got that kind of feeling and that kind of emotion exuded from a song. It just the, just that idea. So I I just thought that was an interesting footnote video that I think people should watch. And I just wanna um I wanna get your idea or your feedback about what you thought about some of the things that I just mentioned about that from that uh, video. Yeah, one I'm definitely gonna go check out. You know, I'm, I heard you mention that some of them are on title, so I'm gonna have to maybe try to find them somewhere. Well, you know. Yeah, so one, that's really powerful. I, w- I definitely want to check that out. But um, I mean, everything you said was, was you know, was spoiled. everything that Chris Rock indicated was spot on in terms of how, you know, slavery or, you know, even segregation was, we're not too far removed from that. You know, I think about my own family, like my family's from deep South Alabama, but we can go back, you know, once a year we go back to where my family is from and there's still, still like the slave house where my great-great-grandmother was born in, you know, she owns her family. Our family owns the house now, owns the land of the, uh, uh, the land that was was provided to her. But um, it's very tangible; you can touch it. Um, so it's not that far ago, uh, you know, uh, far removed. And um, you know, again, I definitely think this idea of financial freedom is extremely important, especially for for Black people, just because we've been here and we we built kind of America. You know, it's kind of the fabric of America we're built on our bags literally in terms of our culture and our work ethic and our blood, sweat, and tears. So, you know, it's good that we have the conversation about financial freedom, about what that means. And it's good that he's dropping jewels in here about how do you clean your, clean your neighborhood, like take your drug money, take take your money and buy your neighborhood back instead of it being ginger folly. Those types of things are important. So I definitely think he's dropping gems. But I hope that, you know, for me, it's, it's almost like that. I want to. I want this to go into practice because this is definitely a mindset. I feel like, and a lot of people have, have you know, who, who a lot of there's a lot of artists who already communicate this, and a lot of, of people who do great work around um, kind of these topics and themes. And I hope we get Jay Z reaches a, a larger platform, a larger audience. So I'm hoping he's able to change perspectives. Yeah, man. So I, I have a lot to think about in terms of those videos. But I want to go back and check them out. There was another thing that I wanted to add in regard to to this particular song, and that was what you were talking about, gentrification, about the line of uh, in Brooklyn about how he could have bought it for two million, now it's twenty five million. Yeah. An- another aspect that I think a lot of people aren't that that you also brought up is about the the idea of being patient uh, and understanding that it takes time for something to mature and grow, and that's not just with people; that's also with investments. <laughs> That you you have to give it the time to. Uh, people are expecting this instant gratification, this quick fix, this let's flip this real quick. Where in real life you have to take time for it to mature, and you have to be willing to to look at those levels, understanding that having patience and letting your investments mature so you can profit and get them the maximum um, effect of your investment. Um, I think that's also important. And as you right. said, putting money back into your community putting it back in. And as you said, he touches on that as well, of basically giving back to the black, black-owned black businesses. Talking the line, uh, I forget what track it's in, but where he talks about uh, Ciroc. Why am I drinking Bellevue when I can be drinking Ciroc and helping, you know, puff out so we can get more money from into our community? Things of that nature. And there's other ways that you can give back to your community even if you don't have the financial uh, ability. Attention nowadays is one of the highest commodities that you have. That's what Facebook, that's what Snapchat, that's what Instagram, that's what Twitter, all these social media apps, all these apps that we use, everything we use on our phone, they're vying for our attention. So that is now a commodity. That is something you can so determine where you're putting your attention to. If you're putting your attention to all these celebrities, but you're not giving it to your partner that's grinding nine to five, helping out the community, 
building gardens in the community, then mentoring kids and doing all that stuff. Well, where is your attention really going to? And so therefore, then your money is going there, too, because if your partner is doing something and that can help your community and he needs, you know, so many followers to get advertisers to help pay for that or to get funding for that. But you're not giving your attention to him. You're giving it to celebrities that aren't giving nothing back to your community. So, like, there's other ways to do it than just by actually giving your dollar. But that's not what people are are doing. And I put a tweet up a while ago about we'll like and follow and talk about all these celebrities, but you won't talk and, and follow and like the people that know your kids, know that you were sick last week and brought you some soup. But you'll yeah. like and follow and subscribe to these celebrity things that have done none for you personally so it's just something that that made me think about that that i don't think people um necessarily because they i think a lot of people only saw the money aspect of it but there's other other ways to to help as well um to support uh black owned businesses Um, i want to offer like i want to offer the converse not necessarily you know a a counter but just mm -hmm. like bringing up another perspective yeah that'd be great mentioned like I brought up every B12 engine and, and talk about like the stacks of the money stacks for the year. And I thought mm-hmm. like, we'll boost put out a video. And some people have been putting out videos like, this is the culture. Like, this is what we do. Uh, and a lot of, you know, I, I definitely understand the idea that when you come from, you know, when you come from very humble, I'm not going to say from nothing, but you come from humble, mm-hmm. you know, at least humble things material on a material level, when you are able to get some, you know, a little bit of fame, of course you want to buy a car. Like, of course you want to buy. You know, you want to you want to be able to find and show people like this is the success that you have. And he what he's presenting is something that they're like true game. He's forty, I forget how old, but definitely in his near forties. Mm-hmm. And he's able to say like, when I was younger, I did this. And now I wish I I wouldn't. But I mean, how much of that is, is just the culture? Like, one culture of hip hop, like the culture of of going from nothing to something, or financially nothing to financially something. Like, what do you think about? Just kind of the, the the evolution of maturity that so everyone has to go through. Yeah, I would love to know your thoughts about that. My my thoughts on that is that I definitely get where Jay Z is talking about that because I, I I when I heard that line about you know money to your ear that's not what we call money over here. The two frame of things that I thought was one is he's right, old money, real money. What we what what because what. There's two levels of money. What we see as celebrities, like uh, the younger rappers, the, the way that they flash their cash, and I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong or, or negative about it, but like when Migos with all the chains and everything, true, true status of wealth, people that are billionaires don't do that. So that's real. That's real wealth is when you get to the the millionaire billionaire status, like multimillionaire billionaire status, right? So if that's the val, if yeah. that's if that's the if that's the true definition of real wealth. The real wealthy aren't doing that. Now, what they say is new money and people that are are trying to present the image that they have this money or have more money than they do. That's what they do, because from and and, and it makes sense because a real businessman is not going to do anything that's not going to mature on its investment. It's not going to it's not going to make more money. So that's why rich people buy art, because they know whenever they bought it, it's going to outdo the value that they bought it at. It's always going to it's always going to make them money. Buying jewelry, buying cars, cars are the worst level of value unless you're getting classics or, you know, so, you know, something that exclusive. Other than that, you're wasting money. It depreciates. Right. As soon as you put it off the lot, it yeah. depreciates. Jewelry, no matter how much you they bought that jewelry for, nine times out of ten, they're not selling that back. They're not getting even the face value that they bought it for when they sell it. You know what I'm saying? So he's really talking about on that business side, like this doesn't even make business sense. That y'all flossing this money like that. Because if you have money to your ear, that means it's not in stocks. It's not in bonds. It's not in investing in other companies to make you more money. If you got it to your ear, that means it's not making you more money. Because even right. even in the bank, it's making you more money than in your hand. So it's just, to me, just business-wise, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. And then cultural-wise, I do get it. I get, I, I definitely, it gives, it gives people that, like you said, come from humble beginnings, something to expire that, yeah, I'm, I'm proud that I can see other people that look like me being financially uh, more secure 
because they're secure. They they have the money to be able to do that. I don't even have the ability to do that. These people from you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I, I get the cultural aspect of it, but some of the things that some of the things that are in our that that are the cultural aspect are also what's hindering our culture as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely think um like when I saw like like I mentioned like a uh, little Boosie made a video just saying um kind of like defending why they why he does it and why his culture does that in Louisiana or whatever. Now they are part of kind of hip hop culture. Like you know you you see like, all this you know. Meat Mill and whoever, like all these people, definitely like gloat and hold money up to the ear. You know, future, future does it, mm-hmm. whatever. Like it was a part of the culture, but again, it could be something that we might need to like reexamine or reevaluate, you know, reevaluate and ask ourselves like, why is it a part of the culture? Should it be there? Exactly. Um, because if we're presented with new information that changes our opinion and we don't do anything about it, then what does that really say about us? Yeah, exactly. Spiders Will Eat Your Face, available on Amazon Prime, Instant Watch, and Amazon.com. Spiders Will Eat Your Face, the documentary about the history of pet tarantulas in America. That is, Spiders Will Eat Your Face, the movie on Amazon. So, that, I mean... I definitely think he's trying to put us on game. I, I, yeah, my, my, my hope is that, you know, like so far, it seems like every, you know, these people on my Instagram and social media love it, but I definitely see like a lot of artists actually like coming back and not pushing back on it a little bit. Well, Future um, redid as instantly after that did the the picture of him with doing the money the money phone is uh, what yeah. I learned thanks to uh, DJ Academics about I, I didn't know that was a term for it, but hey, I learned something. I new. <laughs> uh, moving on to the the next track, Smile, uh, which which uh, I thought was first of all to. I want to know how he got that Stevie Wonder sample. <laughs> I mean, well, I know how, but Stevie Wonder samples ain't cheap, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so that instantly yeah, got me. I love, I love this track, man. Yeah, I do too. That 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 instantly because uh, Stevie Wonder is one of uh, another artist that I really really enjoy from a very young age. Thank you, Grandma, uh, for putting me on Stevie Wonder. But uh, so that's once I first heard that sample in the beginning, and then I see how the progression of the album or of that particular track goes. And then the content of it, um, I just thought it was very um, endearing and very personal and something that we don't tend to get from Jay-Z. He kind of, he, he usually keeps, I feel like he, he is guarded um, with his songs. He does give us some introspection, but it's very, it's, it's, it's very minimal in, in, in some regards. And in other regards, he gets very, very personal. But I felt like on this album as a whole, he stayed personal through the whole entire album. And uh, it was reflected in this song in particular. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I agree. I definitely think, like, Smile is, is an overall good track. And I definitely, you know, felt that he got really personal about his mom and his family. And I didn't know some of the things that he mentioned, you know, about his mom um, on Smile. So, uh, you know, I never I never knew Jay to be, and I never knew him as an, you know, an introspective guy. Like, he said, I thought he was not, not necessarily introspective, but very private. He doesn't mm. care um, a lot of, of what he we have going on. So this was really interesting to hear, you know, learn a little bit more about kind of his life and his background. Yeah. And I, I thought it was also, um, I thought it, it, it also changed the dynamics of the flow of the album. And I, I think it gave it uh, yeah. some brightness that was kind of, of, of lacking from the first two tracks because they're a little more heavier, darker in, in, in the sounds. And this was very light. So to give a, a nice balance between the, the atmosphere that it was creating. And I also, yeah. I also like the fact on, on this track that he addresses, like you said that about his mom and how the, the struggles that she was dealing with and brought it on a bigger term of, you know, you got to do what makes you happy because if you was really living, you have to be, try to be happy. And I also like the fact that how he talked about basically um, equality for gay, lesbian, that, that idea. And, if you think about it in hip hop, that's very, very taboo. Yeah, it is. Uh, and that, you know, kind of the king of hip hop or the king of rap, you know, that title changes, but he's he's up on that top echelon of rappers that he was open enough to say that and connected to him and his family. I think as another dynamic that uh, that hopefully will open up the conversation and allow uh, more openness in hip hop. Because uh, that's, I think, that will be something else that that will 
long term will hinder hip hop if we don't if hip hop doesn't adapt and become more open. Yeah. What were your feelings about about the, that aspect of the track? Hmm. I have to actually go back. So that actually, you know, actually missed that one <laughs> completely. I, so the, the the thing that stood out to me. And about well, let, let me just let me tell you the line that made me think that. And that was the line when he says, yeah. I don't care if it's a him or a her, um, basically, as long as you're happy. Like, just the idea of just that love is love, regardless of who it is. So to me, that saying that that yeah. that idea yeah. of yeah. of love is, is boundless. So and as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. As the people you care about are happy. Yeah. If they love a woman, if they love a man, it doesn't matter or it shouldn't matter. So that's why that's where I got and, that. And I agree, from. I think. Yeah, and I think coming from, like, you mentioned, like, King or, like, the kingpin of, of hip-hop today, him, like, having that message is going to, it's powerful and going to ring bells and going to set up a culture of acceptance. I mean, I agree. I think one of the things about hip-hop culture, in addition to what we were previously talking about in terms of just, like, the, you know, money money phone or whatever, is hip-hop is very, like, you know, hyper-masculine. I mean, it, it, that's kind of, it breeds hyper-masculinity. And I definitely feel that, you know, I, I definitely see that changing with kind of like current and modern hip-hop artists, but there's still an element of that. I think that's just what it's, what it's going to be. But he, seeing Jay-Z talk about the, talk about it, especially sharing the story about it, I'm looking at the, the verse that you mentioned. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully that changes the culture. I mean, we'll see. But I definitely think he, 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 if anybody could do it, I definitely think Jay-Z has the ability to, to, to spark that in people's minds and almost make it cool. For you to begin saying these things in songs or in outros or whatever. Yeah. Anything else you want to add for that particular track? No. Overall, I think it was a great track. Yeah, I do. I do too. I agree as well. And I do like the the poem that uh, his mother recited at the end as well. I thought it was it uh wrapped up and and concluded the that track uh, very well. Yeah. Um, the the next song is a uh, caught caught their eye, and that's featuring Frank Frank Ocean. What what was your impressions of this track? Uh, for for the most part, this was one of the tracks where, um, I thought it was okay. It didn't really. I think for me, you got I looked this one over the most out of all the tracks. Maybe this one and another one. Um, this track and Moonlight. I think are the two tracks that for some reason didn't stick with me. But I mean, I thought it was sonically, it sounded great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I I guess I I'm, I kind of missed it a little bit. I might have to go back and like re-listen to it. I don't know. It kind of maybe the vibe was a little different, but I got over this one a lot. For me, I, I really like this this track. Uh, I just like the like you said the sonic properties of it. It it fed off the last track of Smile of being lighter. Had that uh, kind of soca or reggae kind of vibe to it, but not as strong as uh, Bam that we get later with. Uh, uh, I think is Bam with Damian Marley. Yeah, Bam. Yeah, yeah, that was Damian Marley. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely not as uh, reggae-filled as, as that track, but it has elements in, in the layering of the production. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. The only thing that I'll say, um, I guess, negative is that even though it says Frank Ocean is, is, is on that track, I don't really feel his presence on it. And I, and, yeah. and I wouldn't yeah. say necessarily, to me, that's not a bad thing because... It's it's not a bad thing, but it just I just felt like if you're gonna really say that he's featured, I just didn't feel him in that track. Um, it felt just more like Jay Z. It was a Jay Z track. Um, no, I agree. I think um maybe that was it for me too. Is I, I expected a lot. You know, again, Frank Ocean even seemed to be kind of glossed over. It didn't seem like he really stood out or had some type of like killer and powerful Frank Ocean, just like aesthetic to it, you know. So I, I, nothing wrong with the track. I thought it was a good track. It just wasn't, you know, was it? If I had to choose, you know, uh, uh, my least favorite track, you know, if I had to choose, it would be probably Caught Their Eyes slash Moonlight. So that would be kind of my two, even though they're pretty, still very good track. And then the next track, 444. To me, that's a standout track. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a standout track. It's, I think... It's the one that I kind of go back to often when I listen to this album. Even if I just like real quick, I just want to hear a song real quick. That's probably the song that I would pick. If it's not, you know, uh, the story of OJ, at least at this time, the mood that I'm feeling in. Those are the two tracks that I go to. Yeah, I actually agree. This is actually, this one was my favorite track on, on it. Um, this one actually, and the next one, Family to You. But like this, these two tracks are like, the, to me, like the ones I go back to probably more than again, um, the OJ track. Mm-hmm. Um, I think again, one, you got 
very, very introspective, like telling you the real about his lifestyle, Jay, which is which is a little different from again, it's a little a little different from what again I've, I've heard from him in the past. Mm-hmm. So hearing kind of the backstory behind him and Jay, him and Beyonce, excuse me, was a uh, that was kind of powerful to hear, man. And I, I mean, it really kind of brought me into like a very introspective state, just thinking about my own personal relationship. Um, so I, I, I connected with it, I vibe with it, man. So you know, this is a powerful track. And again, it's it's hard to go very deep into all of these tracks because the album is very new. And as we know, yeah. Jay is lyrically dense. He's it's not um, necessarily tons and tons of words fit into you know small into small bars, but it's very high high level wordplay combined to other sections of of tracks and verses because he referenced that Arab Bene line later as well. I think in Family Feud, so like certain lines coalesce with other tracks even so it's you have to really sit with the album to pick up all the nuances of it but uh, i yeah. definitely agree that uh 444 is a, is a really good track um definitely a track that i i anticipate as more listens come into play people will break down it and find a lot more into it i do want to kind of quickly go back because there is something in um Kachurai that i forgot to mention um that i thought was important and that was the the line about prince about that uh they only see green and it's purple eyes um just that idea of yeah. like even legends even after you're gone you still have to guard guard your work and, and figure out ways to guard your work and they mentioned that a little bit later as well um when they uh in legacy about the will and 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 things of that nature so i just i just wanted to bring that up because i, I didn't mention it prior because again if people that listen to the podcast or read the reviews prince is one of my favorite artists of all time so um yeah i, I gotta throw that in there and then uh family feud now family feud is another track just the sound man the the sonic properties yeah the, it's crazy it is it's i just love it i just really love just the emotion that uh that they have in the sample of the of the pacific specific sample that they used it's just amazing um beyonce uh is is heard on this track as well I just think it's like I said. I think it's just a really good song. I think the the this track is another Nina Simone sample as well. I believe, um, because there was two Nina Simone samples on this album. Yeah, I feel like definitely like the track before um, four 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 was was more like a little more solemn, you know, almost like very apologetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this one was a little more beat and kind of like you know champion Beyonce in a, in a lot of ways, and really just kind of again calling out himself like. Still, like taking the fault for the things that happened between them, but I'm definitely sure this was a, a lot more beat. I think for me, like the the line that stood out was about, and I might just misquote it, so excuse me, but like you can't have true wealth if you don't have like family. I think for me, you know, I never, I'm a really big person when it comes to family. Like I, I, I believe that family is like, is you know, to me, it's happiness. Like having a family intact and having and making sure they're healthy is. is that's like one of the things that I pride myself on. Um, at least I try to, at least to the best of my ability. But I definitely felt what he came from about how, you know, riches are, you know, when we think about rich or wealth, we always think about it in, in a material a material sense. But you know, oftentimes it is your, the people who are your blood, your family, your future children, who we should also take to, you know, put into that equation as well. But a lot of like little nuggets like that in this particular track that, that definitely stood out to me. I want to take a note and say the sequencing of this album was really well done as well um, because how you had 444 where he addresses a lot of those issues about the adultery. Anyways, both of those tracks kind of run together in content, um, like you said, um, which I think is important because it it adds to the flow of the project. Um, Like you said, the the feel of that 444 is somewhat felt in family, but it has a different... uh, uh, a different undertone, a more, like you said, apologetic. Like I realize, I understand now. I understand what that previous track was saying, and I'm moving forward, fixing it, kind of feel. Yeah. As well, uh, um, on this family track, that that line that you stated is, I think, is is maybe the most important line on that track. Is that a man that, like you said, a, a billionaire, is telling you that he has all the money you can need. He's not wanting for anything, and he's still telling you that family's first. So that tells you if 
if somebody that doesn't have it all the way to the somebody that does have it are all saying something similar, you know what I'm saying? That tells you yeah. what's really what really should be valued and and held um held close and, and, and protected is like you said, family. And I'm I'm just like you. I think family is important. I think that it's the most important thing because at the end of the day, your family are your family should be there for you. And I think if you have more of that, you have that good support system. I think people will end up doing greater and bigger things. And he's kind of saying that. I also like the fact that in this track, he addresses not only from, well, and I'm kind of, I want to combine both of these tracks, the 444 and this one together, because I think they're so tied together that it's kind of hard to separate it. I think with both of these tracks, he really understands what he was doing from his perspective, how it affected him, how it affected Beyonce, and how it affected the children, that trifecta. Yeah, because there's there was the lines that he mentioned of how he how he perceived it of don't embarrass me like that was the first thing that went to his mind is, you know, my embarrassment is more than your feelings. You know, what I'm saying that that kind of selfishness that everybody has at times. And usually we have it as we're younger and then we grow grow out of it and realize as you know that we need other people and no man is an island. And then he transitions to how it made her feel like, you know, that was my feelings. And then I, I realized how much it hurt you, how much it affected you. And I care about you so much that now that I'm aware of how it's affecting you, I must change. And then on that last yeah. perspective of what happens if my kids see this? What happens if Blue sees, because kids are tech savvy now, shoot, little kids is walking around with iPhones and knowing how to program apps. So she's going to have the ability to find some of the stuff that he's done. And how is he going to, how is she going to look at her dad? You know what I'm saying? Um, because he, he wants her to look at her as a, like look at him as a hero, as you know, that person that's always there. And if she sees him treating her mother like that, what is her perspective going to be? So I just thought it was very wise how he took all those perspectives and put that in basically two songs. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I think the line, one of the lines about, you mentioned this blue, um, I think it was like Santa, like something about, mm -hmm. you know, how, do, how would it feel to know that? I don't know, whatever, I figured the line was basically about calling himself like a blue and finds out that I'm a fraud kind of thing. Yeah, like, and, and then she, how, put, yeah, how then how it's a snowball effect in that sense. Then she's going to figure, realize Santa's not real. Yeah, like that, that all kind of fed off each other. And I just thought that was wise and this album and it's something that um i heard um academics say on everyday struggle as well is that it felt like and, and maybe joe button said i don't know what one of them said it but that it felt like it was older jay talking to younger jay and the younger jay yeah. is the rest of us the, the ones that aren't at his level yet the ones that are younger than him and don't have these ideas about all of the this knowledge that he's acquired and he even talked about how uh, uh, how he was kind of like a that he was a womanizer and that he kind of um, not not that he devalued well he did devalue women um, in his rhetoric. So I I just thought that was again just it's just showing the growth and to me a a real a real value of a person is learning from their mistakes and being able to share that growth with others, passing yeah. on that knowledge. So I, I think and that's and important. I feel like, again, when we talk about culture, like, it's like every track, he's almost addressing, you know, our culture, hip-hop culture, and kind of just calling it out a little bit, saying that maybe not indirectly, but very indirectly saying, you know, is this really what our culture should be? Like, should we be glorifying, like, misogyny, or, like, these, like the lyrics that simply degrade women? Like, should, should that be something that we do? Um, should, or should we go back and reevaluate our culture? to figure something else out. So I definitely feel that, again, and at least in these two tracks, it definitely he champions his wife, but also, like, admits his own faults about things that he used to say and things that he used to do. Mm -hmm. and I, can, I can definitely respect and appreciate that. It definitely makes me think twice about, you know, the, the things that, the, the images and the things that I listen to. Yes, yeah, so I'm learning from it. Yeah. The next track is Bam, is I'd say is the most club- like song on the album yeah um yeah. I, I can i can see that being played in the club i can see people getting um 
energetic and 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 get people moving from this song just because of the reggae feel. Damian Marley kills it. The production kills it. The uh, the um, elevation or not elevation evolution of the production also is, is very nice. It, it was the same thing. I think it was uh, you know nothing wrong with the track at all. It was a uh, it definitely it was a nice break. You know I feel like it was a uh, I feel like maybe um, he throws in a couple of tracks that kind of break up the flow of it and mm-hmm. it was a good just kind of. I was almost considered, I'm not considered a club banger, but definitely something I could see playing, playing in a, a club or whatever. Um, it was a good feel. I had no, nothing, no complaints, nothing like that really stood out to me other than just it was a, it was a pretty good song. Um, very catchy, catchy, uh, kind of like beat to it. Yeah. And then Moonlight is the the next track after, after that. And, and you already said that you didn't, you didn't particularly like that track. Or it was one of your least favorite of the on the album. Is there anything in particular that didn't resonate or didn't um, vibe with you? Mm, I don't think it necessarily wasn't a, you know, I vibe to it. I can listen. I can honestly, I can listen to this album from beginning to end without. Like, I listen to the gym, like literally where I am. Mm-hmm. It just hits. I just like this one didn't stand out. Um, so again, from just similar to the Frank Ocean track, like I can't even remember like what the beat was. Like it just. It didn't really stand out to me, so I don't, I don't have any like the lyrics. Nothing really caught me, or the the production didn't really catch me. See, there's nothing wrong with the track. Like I, I feel like if I can I could play it and I could just vibe with it. But to me, this was almost like a, a nice little break, you know, a nice little break as well. The next track after that was uh, "Marcy and Me," and I thought that was uh, a really really good uh, song in the aspect of feeling the kind of the emotional tone that you can feel that he has about his environment and or, or the environment that he grew up in and just kind of that it has a somewhat of uh, I don't want to say somber feeling to it but uh at this time that's the closest thing I can think to it but it's it's, it's not quite somber but it's it's close to somber in in the in the tone of it is it did you get that same that same feeling from from that from this song yeah, man. Um, I, I definitely can agree. I definitely um, it wasn't necessarily a sad feeling, but I definitely felt I'm more of a I mean, melancholy is the same, but very like relaxed and yeah. moody a little bit. Um, and for me, I love this track. Like this mm-hmm. is this one was one of my favorites too. And and for me, it was I can almost picture the, the kind of see the picture he was painting. Exactly. Um, I think his like his word choice to describe his community was very vivid. I can kind of see it. I can taste it almost like it was very apparent and I, I like that he kind of paints that picture kind of walks you through like what is what does it look like back then when he was growing up yeah i i, I agree with you 100 percent. it the, the the way that the album is produced and and laid out matched with the verses it does feel like you're engulfed into his world for for, for that time period and as you said like you're walking through his neighborhood and and you're getting a glimpse of of what it was like through his eyes and and that's and and that's why i feel that that sadness is because he can't experience that again because it's changed so much one as well as you'll never experience something like you experienced it your first time or when you were a kid things tend to to change as we get older like when you watch your favorite movie as a kid you tend not to get that you know when you watch it as an adult it doesn't feel the same you still enjoy it but it doesn't feel the same and that's the kind of feeling that i was getting from the way that he describes his neighborhood some of the sadness I think that I I hear from the track is the sad not well not sadness but um whatever term that we're we said the moodiness the that undertone is the fact that I think there's a little bit of resentment in himself that he knew he had a he was at a he had the ability to change some of the things that he's seeing in his neighborhood in regards to like gentrification that he could have helped kind of steer and change the direction of what oh, yeah. it went if he was more financially free at that time or he was more enlightened or woke at that point. And yeah. so I think that I think that's some of the, the feelings that at least I think that he's emitting from the song. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, I, I didn't, now that you mentioned, I can definitely see how those two can be you know, very synonymous in that, you know, like you mentioned, he could, he could change all this. Like he, he could have been in the position what, what I, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with kind of like the Marcy housing project now. I don't know. If it, I don't even think it's still there. It might be still. I don't know. But he definitely could have more of a stamp on that if he would have invested, kind of like he said at the beginning. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I definitely can see that. And so 
And so, like, to me, that that's why it, it has that, as we've been saying, that that feeling. But and that's why I wouldn't consider it somber or melancholy or, or sad, because even though there is that 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 aspect of it, there also is a glimpse of I'm telling you this now. So you don't so you don't end up being in this position. So you don't regret that you could have changed things for your neighborhood. So that's why in the first tracks that I gave you, all I'm telling you all. That's how you rinse it. So you don't get to the point where I'm talking about how I'm feeling on this song because you did something already. So, you know, it kind of... Yeah. I, I think that's why it, it had... Because it, I, I think the song could have been darker if they wanted to push it that way. I think they gave it a little bit of a light or um, that, that brightness that kept it from being as somber as, we're, as we initially were saying. And then he ends the track off with Legacy. And he, he has a... Blue, uh, you know her her vocals. He he got he got the blue vocals. He got the blue vocals in. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was I thought that was nice to to kind of wrap up the theme of that this album is very family oriented, very emotionally based for him, and that he wraps it up with his daughter on the last track and talking about the legacy that he wants to leave for her. I thought was very important because something that is is uh, in the black community is. There's, you know, lack of will, lack of health care. Those are some of the, the problems that we have is because a lot of us tend to be in positions where we don't have something to leave the next generation. And that's what he's talking about, getting to the point where you're financially free, that your next generation has the ability to walk around on the offensive instead of on the defensive. And that's what yeah. he's trying to trying to leave for his daughters. And... Some people might not understand the line when I say uh, that about the offensive versus the defensive. And uh, another way that uh, I guess I can break it down would be when you're in a when you come from a family of uh, affluence. Um, let's say uh, I'll pick Johnny Manziel. He came from a family of affluence. When you're coming from a family of affluence and you have uh, a misstep, um, some tribulations some trials in your life that uh cause setbacks your family has the ability to then give you the option to reset and instead of resetting at a point below where you started from initially you reset at the same point that you were where other people that don't have the financial freedom tends to be in the black community or people of color um, that when you get those setbacks when you get those trials and tribulations you don't have a safety net. You don't have anything to reset you back to the same point you were. You're starting out from then even a greater deficit than you started out in the first place. And so if you have the ability to leave a legacy and leave a will and leave some uh, some property, something to your to your to your children, to your offspring, to your next generation. Um, so that when they, like I said, they get in those positions and they have to set back because they took a chance on something that they believed in and it quite didn't work because that happens. They can reset and try it again or try something else or, you know. And so that's what I think that this particular song was kind of touching to. What were your feelings about it? Did you did you get that same kind of idea? Did you get something different? Yeah, man. I literally, it's the same thing. I, I definitely... You know, very short track, but I love the track too. It's one of my favorites too. <laughs> but definitely, I definitely agree that kind of the first verse, first verse was you know almost like charging his daughter to do take this further, like don't let this, like don't stop here, mm-hmm. like be better, do crazy things, like whatever she wants to do, she can do. And I kind of like got that idea, like that generational wealth idea. But I definitely think that you know the to me the standout verse was like the last verse or well, the second verse rather. Um, and talked about again going deeper into his family about his grandfather molesting his his mom and sister mm-hmm. or whatever, and he kind of his battle with like Christian religion in general, just Christianity. Yeah, I mean I, that was pretty powerful. Again, going back to like introspective Jay, like he kind of gave us a more of an in depth analysis of what he's thinking, what he's kind of what he's going through. And I think he maybe you know there was a lot of religious themes, mm-hmm. a couple of religious themes throughout the album. I think one of the, he had mentioned one, I forget which track, maybe it was either Family Feud or 444 about um, spirituality, how Beyonce yeah. helps him become more spiritual and how he appreciates that. 
Um, and you can kind of see here how he struggled with Christianity, he struggled with religion because of his experiences. But he's he's come to understand how the universe all works together, and how he's able to understand that a little bit more. So, yeah, I loved it, man. I think this is a, a great closer. I think I think it provided a lot of closure to the album. I, I want to piggyback off of uh, what you said about the about the religious line. I want to kind of blow that up into a bigger scale because I feel like everything that he pointed out in this album about the downsides and the the issues that we had, he also always brought solutions. So you know what I'm saying? Like when he talked about not being financially free, he taught he also said the solution on how to become financially free. You know things about the the issues that he had with his family. He talked about how he fixed it for himself and how he changed his mindset about the things he saw. Like, so he's always giving solutions and, and giving that balance. And I thought that was important because as you said about the religion thing, my experience with people that are, that are, that say that they're spiritual tend to have that mindset of balance. And so I just thought that kind of all wrapped in together with the album of how he presented everything in the album. He presented a balance to both, to both sides. And, and that touched on the spirituality. Yeah. And even just in that line, he created the balance of saying how the fact that he had the issue with Christianity because of the things that he mentioned um, with the pastor or, or the, yeah, the pastor or preacher. I'm sorry, I don't remember the line exactly, but how that was a negative thing, but it made him gain a get bigger understanding because he questioned it all. So he learned other religions because he wanted to know more because he, he, he was uh, skeptical. So I just thought again that that cave like um, a full circle to that whole idea that you were talking about in regard to the religion. I definitely agree with you as well that I think this was a great track to end it with. It wrapped it up and it, it kind of put a bow on it uh, of all the topics because he addressed almost everything. It was like a summary of of what the whole album was about wrapped up into the end because he touched on a little bit of the you know the children, his wife spirituality his mother like you know what i'm saying so there's so many things that he touched into that one song that were that he dived deeper into on the previous uh tracks or well is there anything else you wanted to say about the album as a whole because I, I wanted to touch on a few other things that are related to the album yeah i mean i think uh you know again i'm excited to i'll just sit with this more i think you know like you said um there's probably a lot more that has to be unpacked i'm sure things kind of run together so I'm actually just excited to keep kind of for for me to really grow with an album. So I, I definitely again for me, what measures a good album for me is I could put it on, you know, a year later and still learn something new. And I definitely feel like with this album, I probably won't stop learning something new. I probably every time I listen to it, I probably pull out a different little thing. So I'm excited to just continue sitting with it. Yeah, I, I feel the same, exact same way. I, I'm I'm excited to that that he gave us this album. I think it's a really great album. And I'm excited to keep on breaking it down and learning more as, as we continue to grow with it. The thing that I did want to ask you about is the idea of that this might be Jay-Z's last album, that, that he should retire off this album, or do you think he should continue mm -hmm. kind of building off of, off of what he gave us? To be honest with you, I think, I think I'm good. I mean, I, I feel like he, if Jay-Z stops and retires, it just that's his, you know, goes into his, more, his business venture. You know, I think this was a great album to leave us with. I think it, it revived a lot of, like, I, mean, I feel like I, I, I know him more as an artist. Before, I, you know, I knew Jay-Z as a billionaire. My favorite album is the Black Album, so I knew him from, you know, some of his, like, previous albums. But I didn't really know him as a, as a person. Not like I know Kendrick, or I feel like I know Kendrick at least through his music. But I definitely feel like I, I know I have a great idea of who Jay is. I have, I don't know, I'm on respect to Jay after this album. Um, because I have, you know, I, I'm able to kind of know a little bit more about his backstory and some of the things that he's dealing with like now. I definitely, you know, again, if he chooses to retire, I wouldn't be personally mad at this. I think he has, you know, an amazing career and I mean, he's, he's going to leave a legacy, of course. I'm in hip hop. So, well, you know, we'd love to know your thoughts on it. I agree with you. I think this is almost the the perfect way to retire. Because after the Black Album, he said he was going to retire. Then he came out with uh, Magna Carta, Watch the Throne. But I really believe that 
there's two reasons why I think he should end with this album. One is, again, I think this is just a really great album that you kind of can be his Jordan after you won six and walk away kind of album um, with the last shot. Like, it's perfect. The way he, the way this whole album is, is, is a, he lived up to his standards, but he gave us something new. So I don't see, so that's one reason. And then the second reason why I think he should retire is because I don't, not to say that he can't, top this and and i would love to see him try but i just think that yeah this is it's this is almost like like i said it's like jordan shot he can jordan shot uh, uh on brian russell for game six for the sixth championship perfect to, to like to finish it off i think if he came up with another album he has the chances of risking coming back like jordan on the wizards yeah, I which, which, you. which, think, and again, yeah, people are gonna think yeah. that's a diss. But if you went from great, Jordan on the Wizards was still averaging as much as Kobe was, so he he's still a beast. But it's not what we expected. You know what I mean? It's not. Right. He wasn't at his peak. He dropped off a little bit. He is still a beast, but it was he fell off the off his peak, and and so I think that would be he's risking doing that if it, with another album. And but, I'm more excited to see his more his business ventures more so I am to to hear music. Of course, you know, if he if he does grace us with another album, I definitely will, will jump on it. Um, but I'm excited to see where he invests his money. Um, I know he was dabbling into like creating films. I think he did maybe did one of the Netflix series mm-hmm. on the right. Um so I'm excited to see again like what what he does. I mean he's a he's a billionaire and he's he came from like from, you know, trapping you know, in New York to now a billionaire. I think he has, he literally the world is his, his oyster. Yep. And he can definitely make some some changes in, in hip-hop culture. Some of the things that we talked about on the podcast about, you know, the culture that we, we all embody with his hip-hop. Like, he definitely can um, cause the question, make us really, really re-examine and reevaluate that. So I think his influence is going to be the thing that I'm looking forward to more than his music. I think he's good. I think if he leaves us with this, I can I'll be good with it, but his his next ventures, I'm just, I'm gonna be a fan and kind of watch, you know. I agree. Uh, I'm the same way. I'm anxious to see the business ventures, and I'm I really want to see uh, the impact that this album has. If it does change the culture, if it does get people to start thinking about the, one of the lines that we didn't even touch on is um, uh, taking advancements, saying y'all still taking advancements. Y'all don't see what they did to Lauren Hill. Um, not getting your masters, things of that nature. Like he's really, there's so much knowledge that he dropped in these songs about how to increase your wealth and understanding your value. And I just hope that that does really translate into the real world and that people actually start thinking. And I do believe it will take effect because like I said, even for me on on non-artist level, it did hit, it, it is keeping me inspired to, like I stayed up an extra two hours to finish a business plan that I was coming up with listening to the album because it gave me that juice. Like, okay, yeah, I do need to become financial free. Instead of saying, instead of going to sleep and saying, oh, I'll finish it in the morning. I was like, nah, I'm going to just stay up and, and, and knock this out while waiting tomorrow. Let's, let's get this because yeah. he's right. If, if, if you really want to do something in this world and you really want to affect change the, and the way that the world works now is a capitalistic world. You money is money is what's going to affect change, and we've seen that over and over and over and over again in in multiple different aspects in multiple different platforms. That money changes things. So, uh, I think between him, um, Ice Cube, and uh, I think it's Lamar Ball from the, the, the Big Baller brand, mm-hmm. those are the, the three guys I'm kind of watching my business moves right now. It's kind of like modeling after. Little, uh, my steps after them. These are all older guys that are doing some crazy things, but um, I definitely think they're all making big stamps. And and you know, I definitely agree. And all we all we can do is hope and, and and see. And like I said, man, everybody just keep on moving forward. And I'll, I'll well, is there anything you want to end end the podcast with before we get out of here? Anything specifically you want to say? Um, um, you know, I'm good. I mean, one of the things that hopefully we to have a a podcast on an article or further discussion is kind of the intersection, you know, kind of like the, I'm not going to say a new way of thinking, but I can definitely see artists like Kendrick and, and Vince Staples and then artists like Jay all have very similar actually mindsets about 
a lot of the content of the music. And it's interesting to see what, how, you know, you know, kind of a, a, a new way of thinking independent, especially I credit Chance for killing it right now. Yeah. Um, what that does for hip hop culture, for black people just in general, just about this idea of making it on your own, being independent, um, owning your own shit, like what that does for us. So I'm, I'm just really excited to see. I'm hoping we can kind of get into a, a discussion about the younger artists, some of the older artists, and how do we really bridge that, you know, kind of like really bridge that gap between, not necessarily a gap, but um, they're all saying the same thing, practically connected together in the same package, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely get what you're saying. And I agree, we, we will definitely uh, get that in the works and, and work on that podcast, uh, that, that episode. The thing that I want to end with is, again, touching back on Jay-Z, I, I think we should definitely, everybody should listen to this album and, and really take those key things that he's saying that can help you um, financially, uh, personally, and and grow. I definitely think we need to invest and support Black-owned businesses, uh, businesses of uh, people of color, so that we can change the dynamics that... Uh, society currently has um, between the haves and the have-nots create a, a more balance between those two i think things will get better so with that being said uh, i want to say thank you for everybody listening to the podcast I, I definitely appreciate it please please leave us a comment let us know what you think about this podcast what you think about uh, different lines in uh, the album that we missed that uh, information we got wrong hey we're not perfect so you know fact check us tell us what we got right tell us what we got wrong and just uh you know interact with us we're always open and uh fyi we are nominated for uh the podcast awards so uh please go to podcastawards.com and uh uh vote us into the society and culture as well as the people awards section and hopefully we can win it so uh, thanks again and we'll leave with our motto live listen to some great music and above all love more and so we out